how can we compassionately love our men to like walk alongside us. A good or fulfilling sex life is feeling good and fulfilled in your own body first. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talk to, talking to me. I've been looking forward to this since I met you in Austin yeah, and you were telling me about your whole yoga flow, which we'll get into, of course. But yeah. And then when we were in Mexico City, I had the opportunity to hang out with you more. And then I was like, oh, fuck, yes. I so want to talk to this girl. She's so amazing and everything that you're doing. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. So thank you for coming on and chatting with me. Of course. Um, I'm like really excited to like <laughs> enter into conversations like this. So thanks for opening the door. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So I know very little about, you know, your background. Um, I just remember little tidbits that you, you had mentioned when we were in Mexico. And mm-hmm. so you were raised in the church. It's- yeah. So as far as like how, yeah, that kind of background. So I, was, I grew up in a really small town um, East Texas. So like right in the middle of the Bible belt. Um, so I was raised, like it was normal to go to church, you know, every Sunday, um, we went to a church of Christ church, um, which is definitely more on the like strict side as far as religion goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really lucky though, because my parents weren't like super strict by the book. Like they really left a lot of room open for us to like ask questions and we had open discussions about the things that we were like learning in church, but yeah, I grew up in the church and pretty strict church environment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful though, that your parents actually gave you the room to ask questions and to, you know, not be like, this is what you're going to think and that's it, but no, think further, you know, question it for yourself. So that's really beautiful. But I remember you speaking to me a little bit about like what the, uh, I guess the conversation around sex was when it came Mm -hmm. to your church. And Mm -hmm. that's what kind of like really made me surprised. I had never really heard so much about that lifestyle. So if you can tell me a little bit about what your relationship and what the dialogue around sex was when you were, uh, you know, being raised. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was young, like we didn't, like, I never had a sex talk. Like I never, you know, it wasn't ever just a topic of conversation. It was always, um, which again, like really grateful that my parents, like my parents are really loving, you know, mm-hmm. and they did like everything that they could do to like shelter us from things that they thought like would either get us in trouble or like would lead us down bad paths. And so I think part of like not having a sex talk was like part of that bubble, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I think too, like, it's not common. I mean, at least like I know in other parts of the world, like it's more common to talk about sex more openly, but you know, it definitely wasn't common to like open up conversations like that. And so as it wasn't like strict, you know, sex for me growing up, it was just like this little bubble. Like we just didn't talk about it, you know, Mm -hmm. like we just didn't like, we're not going to talk about those things unless like, you know, when my parents found out that I lost my virginity, like that was a big talk. And it's like, but there wasn't really like on the front end talks about sex or sexuality. And as far as the church was concerned, I think, you know, what we were talking about, church of Christ has this like, uh, 
reputation, right? And it's like, we were getting into some conversations of things that like definitely happen within the Church of Christ Church. I didn't, I knew about those things, but like, I wasn't necessarily like our church wasn't quite that like, I wasn't getting sent to abstinence camps. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, like um, it just was very much like, you know, of course the dialogue comes up like sex is safe for marriage. Sex is between a woman and a man and it's sacred. And like, um, it was more like, that's more the environment that was like, that I was directly uh, exposed to and like mm -hmm. grew up in. Right. So it was just this like bubble, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're just not going to talk about it. Just abstinence first. Like that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's actually a, like, that's interesting to hear because I didn't know, I, I know near nothing to the, yeah. about the, the, the um, church of Christ. So, you know, when I was hearing those things, I, 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 for, I forgot who else was speaking about it. Amanda, like, you know, talking about the promise rings and all these things. I'm like, Whoa, yeah. people actually do this. This is, this is wow. It's wild. It's unknown to me. Um, I do remember, like I had a promise ring when I was a kid and it was funny. Cause like all my friends had one. So mm -hmm. it was just one of those things where like, it came time to where my friends were getting these promise rings. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess I want one too. It seems to be what everybody's doing, you yeah. know, <laughs> so, it's like, trendy. Our, it's trendy. Yeah. That's like <laughs> East Texas trends, you know, yeah. promise ring. don't have sex till you're married. Um, but like, as far as, yeah, some of the things we were talking about with Amanda, like that was that's way over the top. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's, wow. That's amazing though. And, and I'm sure you're very grateful that you weren't raised to that extreme because I think, you know, religion will always put that kind of, uh, environment and foundation, but it's always, I think it's up to the parents, how they want to raise their children within those, um, within those boundaries. And, and, you know, whether they're going to be like really strict parents or kind of more lenient to be like, okay, these are the guidelines that we want to live our, you know, our values by, but I guess it also depends on them and how strong they want to, I guess, you know, worship or, or yeah. follow. Yeah. Wow. So that's nice that your parents were able to kind of give you that space to explore, you know, your religion. Mm -hmm. And you said that you guys had a conversation about when you lost your virginity. What was that like? Oh God. <laughs> like I still, you know, I was like thinking, I was kind of thinking about like my stories around sex. Cause I knew that we'd be talking a lot about this. Like once <laughs> we finally opened the conversation up and yeah, this, this like memory actually came up. I hadn't thought about it in forever, but like, it was an ordeal, you know, mm. which like I was 16 years old. Um, so I was young. I might've even still been 15. It was like right before I turned 16 years old. And, um, yeah, it was definitely like panic mm. response from my parents, which I mean, looking back on it and the older I get, like I have understanding for that. Like if I had a 15 year old daughter that I found out was like having sex with a boy, I'd be like freaking out, especially yeah. if we hadn't talked about sex at all, like leading up to that. Cause we like really hadn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a big, it was a big thing and, um, you know, led to a lot of like strict, like boundaries put on me after that. Like, you know, I, I got a new curfew. I wasn't allowed to like go certain places. Like they, like they had me, you know, GPS down, like they were, <laughs> they knew where I was at all times. And like, it was, it was very uncomfortable for a while, you know, yeah. but, 
um, yeah, it was like a whole big sit down with my mom and dad. And then Mm -hmm. they had a sit down with my boyfriend at the time and like had a whole sit down with his parents. So it was like, you know, when I look back at that, it's like, it's already kind of like this uncomfortable thing to enter into like your own sexuality. And then all of a sudden, like your parents know about it and your boyfriend's parents know about it. And now it's this, like, all of a sudden we're talking about sex, you know? (laughs) So I just remember being like in just shock through that Mm -hmm. time. But, um, you know, it's, I look back at it and I see all the love that's there, like definitely very uncomfortable. (laughs) That's beautiful though, that you still felt very loved and kind of held in that. I don't did know you, if I did at the time, it's, right. you know, it's like, it's one of those where it was definitely teenage Kristen was like, what the fuck? You yeah. Know? Let me you live. guys are embarrassing. Yeah. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> My um, life is over. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then, you know, we get really clear hindsight when we get older, yeah. I think, but yeah, um, yeah. now I, I see the love that was there at the time. It felt like very violating and very like um, yeah, uncomfortable. And just like, I just felt like all of these vulnerable things that I thought were mine now, all of a sudden, like everybody knew about it. And yeah, so it, was, it was a very interesting time. Mm. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I have a similar story. I was 16 as well when I lost my virginity. And I remember I was fighting with my boyfriend on the phone and in my bedroom. And I think my dad heard me. So he came in and was like, you know, being really sweet and consoling. And he sits there and, you know, he's like, I need to ask you a question. I was like, shit, I think I know it's coming. He's like, he like takes a big deep breath. He's like, are you having sex? And I was like, yes. And he like hugs me. (laughs) And it was such an awkward feeling. Oh, yeah our relationship was different back then. Um, right. it wasn't, you know, I know it's, it sounded beautiful, a, a beautiful uh, moment, but it was very awkward and yeah. It's that embarrassment that comes up. Yeah. It's the embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. So, okay. <laughs> now you are in a beautiful relationship. Yeah. Um, I did see in, I was just kind of looking up on your Instagram and just kind of catching uh-huh. up on you, getting to know you a little bit better there was a post that you were in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would love to just hear a little bit about that and just kind of your journey of, you know, how long were you in it and what were the big major lessons and takeaways from that um, experience that you're now taking into, you know, this relationship and other relationships in general? Yeah. So that was, um, I forgot that I had that little post on my Instagram, but, um, I, I kind of, it's one of those things that I mentioned in passing, but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. talk like in depth about. So it's like mm-hmm. an interesting topic to open up, but, um, yeah. So the boy that I dated in high school, we dated, ended up dating for like nine years. Um, so through my early twenties, I think it was 20, I was 25 when we broke up, but, mm-hmm. um, I, that's, it's funny to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, we were together for a long time. We lived together for like two, almost three years. Um, and like, that was supposed to be it, you know, like we were supposed to get married, we had plans to have babies, like white picket fence, big house, like whole thing. Um, and when I, it took me a while to label that relationship as abusive. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of it was along the lines of like verbal and emotional abuse. Um, there were some parts like got physical a couple times, never like triggered in my head to like take steps. It's like, you know, it was never 
in the moment, it's like, this isn't abuse. Like this Mm -hmm. is just two passionate people, like having an argument, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's funny to like, look back on it. Cause I see all the stories that were there, you know, all the manipulations, like it was pretty textbook, like narcissist, um, you know, sex was actually like really difficult in that relationship. And it would, it would co- go through waves. Um, again, like pretty textbooks, like we would have the honeymoon phase where just everything was perfect. He was perfect. I was perfect. And then it would start like this cycle where like something would trigger something and then it would be a lot of fighting. And then I get to the point where it's like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then all of a sudden it's, I'm so sorry, I've changed. Like, let's do this. And so it was just that like cycle for years. Um, And sex was like, uh, I never really felt like I had control of sex, like in that relationship. Like when we had sex, it, it wasn't anything that like, it was almost like when I wanted to have sex, he didn't want to have sex, but he only wanted to have sex. Like when I didn't want to have sex. And so Mm -hmm. it was just like power dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there was a lot that happened there that like, I felt very uncomfortable with, but I didn't feel safe enough to speak up or the times that I did, like it led to fights or whatever. So I just learned to like be quiet and like shut down and um, sex was usually like really quick, usually painful. Like it just wasn't a pleasurable part of that relationship. And there were like times that like from an observer see, I would label as traumatic. And I see like the stories that, you know, are tangled up in that, but, um, yeah, it was a long time, yeah. a long relationship. Yeah. I resonate with that a lot. Just, I mean, it sounds like that was your, your first relationship, you know, I guess mm-hmm. your first, Similar. It's so interesting that we have similar stories yeah. for so many things. I mean, it makes sense though, that we'd connect in that way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I had a similar experience with my first serious boyfriend. I had him for two years of 17 to 19. And I'm only realizing now as I'm doing work and healing on myself with everything, like, wow, that was abusive. And again, it wasn't, you know, maybe once or twice it got physical, but it was mostly verbal and emotional that he really preyed on my vulnerability right? Yeah. He really preyed on knowing that, you know, things were maybe not going so well at home or that I was a little bit more needy for attention and things like that. Like he was older, like only by a couple of years, but mm-hmm. it's only now that I'm realizing with a lot of relationships, not just that one, but I'm like, Hmm, that was not okay. <laughs> That's yeah. really not okay. Um, and so now you're in this beautiful relationship, which mm-hmm. once again, I'm going to go to your Instagram if I may, <laughs> because <laughs> I was reading this the other night. I was like, this is such a beautiful, and I don't, I have no idea if this has to do with your relationship. If I may read it, it was the last yeah. post that you had. It's a beautiful writing, by the way. Oh, um, it says, um, I don't need you to walk the path of the righteous. I don't need you to fulfill the destiny of the men who came before you. I don't need your power, your knowing, your perfection. I don't need you to be God. Show me God, and I will show you the vastness of the universe. Show me God, and I will create heaven. Show me God, and I will show you the descent. Show me God, and I will give you the stars. Show me God. I was like, holy shit, that's so good. I love <laughs> how your face was lighting up as you read that. I've never had it's someone so else like, read anything I wrote. That's dope. It was beautiful. And I just, I don't yeah. know, my interpretation of it was just like, you know, conscious relationship. So I would love to hear your take on what you were thinking and feeling and the mental place you were when you wrote that. So when I write, um, it's a really interesting 
process. I don't write consistently as far as like things like that, but every once in a while I'll get this like phrase that just keeps coming into my head and it's got like a feeling associated with it. And so when I allow myself to sit with that feeling, that's like the feeling that comes out. So for that one, the phrase that just kept coming up, kept coming up, kept coming up, like in meditations, right before I went to bed, it would be this like booming voice. And it was just show me God, like just this, like, even as I say that, like, I feel it like reverberating in my heart, like just show me God. And it was always this like booming voice that I would hear. And I kept like, okay, that sounds dope. Like I'll write down, show me God. And it's like in my journal several times where I would like, just kind of play around with some words. But, um, I realized that like when that voice was coming up, it, it was, it would come up in moments like in relationship where I could feel, um, like maybe perfectionism trying to come through or like I don't want to say insecurity, but I think like, as we enter into conscious space, there's kind of always that feeling of like, am I doing this right? Am I like handling this correctly? Am I saying the right words? Am I doing the right things? And like all this. And I would just feel that like love, just that show me God and like full, like heart activation in these moments. And I realized that in all this like work that I've been doing, not only with my personal healing, but like working with women as well. Like we, we pour a lot of energy into the healing of women and which is amazing. You know, I think that's like the rise of a feminine society is like empowering women. And, um, I think there's this side of it where it's like, how can we compassionately love our men to like walk alongside us? And Mm. so that's just kind of what I was feeling when I was reading that it's like, I don't, man, I don't need you to worry about what you should do. I don't need you to worry about being perfect. Like, cause I think that is definitely an archetype placed on men by society that they have to be physically perfect. They have to like talk a certain way. And like, now there's this culture of like ultra censorship where like everything's kind of offensive. And I come from a background of like, you know, I studied psychology and social work. So I'm very keyed into the power of words and the things that we say, but we're in a culture now where it's, you kind of have to tiptoe, you know, especially when it comes to women's issues and, um, you know, relating between men and women. And so that's just what was on my heart is that Mm. like, you don't have to be God. Like you don't have to be my God. Like this is my life in the same way that it's your life. Like, just show me, show me God, like Mm. show me the God in you. And I can show you the God in me. And like, when we're in that place of truth, just like living in our soul divinity, like that's, that's when we're able to come together and like really make magic. And so I think as I explore conscious like partnership through this relationship that I'm in, and it's such like a bumper sticker phrase, right? Like (laughs) conscious, like it almost makes me want to roll my eyes. Like I feel like every time I say it, like, it's like, oh, like, yeah, I I totally get that. (laughs) But it's like when I, my definition, I think of conscious is just like an awareness. And so it's this like navigating life with this other human constantly aware of like my own, you know, traumas, my own stories, my own triggers that come through and being able to hold myself there so that I can just truly like navigate this life with another human. And so the work that I've been doing recently, it's like a lot of sovereignty work and a lot of like emotional regulation and, um, attachment, like style, like healing. And as I go through that path, like I'm realizing that that's all conscious relationship is, is like, how aware can I be 
of my own stories and then not project like all that shit on my partner, mm-hmm. not only project like the traumas and the triggers, but also not project the needs. Like if I'm acting within sovereignty, like I can just enjoy this human that I'm in a relationship with versus being in a relationship with someone because I need him to make me happy or because I need him to like do things for me or provide for me. It's like, it's this balance between like independence and partnership, you know, cause I think I definitely fell on the hyper independence before. Cause I just was so, I mean, I was single for almost four years. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to enter into a space where I would have to depend on like another person. And so like, as Brian and I have come together, like in relationship, it's like finding that middle ground. It's like, okay, keeping my sovereignty, but also how can I walk this path? Like alongside another human, like not behind, not in front of, but like truly like alongside this human. Mm. And it's been a really, it's been a lot of play, you know, it's been a lot of like exploration and it's been really beautiful. Yeah. That does sound beautiful to be in, to be in a partnership with someone who's also doing that same work. I think that's the beauty of it, you know? And, you know, I guess what I felt from that is you're not, and I'm so guilty of this in relationships in the past too, is that I used to call them out rather than calling them forward, mm. you know? So it's just like, I'm not going to tell you what you're doing wrong, but I'm trying to like, you know, pull you forward to bring your best version of yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So I loved it. It was a really beautiful writing. Thank um, you. And so you were speaking about sovereignty and I guess you're a yoga instructor. So mm-hmm. I think what I loved and was so captivated with um, when I, did a little stretch with you that day in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I had to like run off. <laughs> <laughs> we did some good work that day. Yeah, that was a heavy. It was an intense day, but I do remember it was probably the first time that I really enjoyed yoga. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I was super grateful, and I remember you know thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, I'm really loving my body right now. I'm loving this position. I'm so in tune in my body, which for me, that's what I'm, that's my main focus of work right now is to really become, you know, really live and embody what it is to be a sovereign being, but to really be present with my body. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear about how, what got you into yoga? How did you start? And, um, you know, eventually build to what you're creating right now, because that's what I really love to hear about. But I also saw that you were doing, I I guess, a naked yoga class, which also was amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, yoga has been a really fun outlet cause that's, it's the whole mind body connection. And, um, you know, that's been a really beautiful part of my own personal healing. And it's funny, like I found yoga when I was in college, like I remember trying to find a class that I could go to, cause I didn't want to just go to the gym. I'm too like ADD and I don't know what I'm doing, you know, all the time in the gym. It's like, it's overwhelming to go in there. And so I just wanted a group class but I didn't want to have to work very hard, you know, work very hard. I'm like, so in my head, it's like yoga. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Someone tells me what to do the whole time. And I don't have to like, you know, pump iron, you know, I, I didn't want to do a boot camp class. Mm -hmm. Like that's like, it was such a superficial, like I just wanted a group class and I wanted it to be like on the easier side. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I, I grew up really, really athletic, like as a small, typical small town. So I played every sport, you know, from when I was 10 to when I graduated high school and when I was 18, like, um, so very like 
athletically inclined. Um, but when I got to college, like it was just hard to stay active for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of dipped into like some depression and like the things that come along with like moving away from home the first time. And, um, so yeah, that's how I found yoga is I just wanted a group class. Mm -hmm. Um, I only went like a handful of times when I was in college, but I was like, oh, that was cool. Like if I started to feel really stressed, I would go to a yoga class, you know, um, but it wasn't really often. And then I moved to Dallas after I graduated and, um, within a couple years, like really picked it up again, uh, got consistent with it probably maybe like six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but along, like, especially when that relationship ended between my ex and I, um, it was like very tumultuous, it, you know, it wasn't just like, Oh, we're broken up now. Okay. Bye. Like it, it was, yeah. uh, that was the most traumatic part of the relationship was the breakup. And so like navigating into like being single again, and it was that same thing. Like, I just want to be at the group of people and I don't want to have to like, honestly, I don't want to have to think like <laughs> if I can just shut my brain down for an hour, like sign me up, please. Yeah. Uh, so I started going to yoga again and, um, just really loved it. And it clicked, like really clicked for the first time when I like found it again, um, more recently, but I realized that, and I think, you know, whether it was my relationship before I've, I've had, uh, I was sexually assaulted when I was 18 as well. And so like, I definitely have like, uh, starting from when I was like 18 or 19, there's a lot of leave in my body, you know, Mm -hmm. like I felt Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable in my own body. And, I found that when I entered into a yoga studio, I was able to safely be with my own body. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even, when I started like really diving into yoga, I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. I just knew that it felt really, really good. And like my whole body from the top of my head to the tip of my toes just felt really, really good. And that feeling was addictive. I'm like, wait, I can feel like this This is awesome. So I kept (laughs) going back. Um, and then once my practice deepened, I realized like, that's what I was doing is I was coming back into my body. And especially like, as I was doing, started going to therapy where we really like really dug into the sexual assault and like parts of my previous relationship. And as I started doing that healing work, then the yoga became like an even more important tool to like really bring in. Um, and it became like, you know, that was my church. Like that was my therapy is like just getting in my body. So I definitely I know you and I have chatted about this before, so it resonates so deeply. Like that was my first like self-healing moment. It was just getting back in my body yeah. and feeling safe there. Um, so I did my yoga teacher training, my 200 hour training, I guess it was two years ago now. Um, and I didn't even intend on teaching. Like I just wanted to deepen my practice. I just wanted to know more, learn more. Like I'm just the type of person that reads constantly is always like learning new things. And I just wanted to know more. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I graduated from that program, they offered me, um, a class slot. Like I didn't even have to audition for it. They were just like, you seem like you're ready. We need teachers. Like, can you start teaching? And so it was very like fast and furious, but once I started teaching in the studio, I was like, Oh shit, like, this is it. Like Mm -hmm. this is what I'm good at. And like, I know how to speak to the body. And, um, so I've just really fallen in love with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, naked yoga was a really fun project that I did in Dallas. Um, which that was something that like, I've always wanted to do. Like, even before I was like teaching yoga, like I read, um, 
like in, I don't remember what like little article it was, but there was a men's group and there was a whole article about the men's group. I'm like, damn, this is dope. Like women <laughs> need this. Like, mm -hmm. it's cool that men have safe space to just be naked, but like women need this. Like we're in this environment where we're constantly sexualized, constantly like comparing and it's hard like to step outside of that paradigm. And so I just wanted to offer a space where women could step in and feel really, really safe. Like we can just be in our bodies and like see other women's bodies and like, just kind of hang out mm -hmm. and feel that, like what the feminine connection is supposed to be, which is supportive, which is like ultra connecting, which is like, you know, celebrating together, mourning together, like healing together. Like that's what women are supposed to be doing, you know, yeah, yeah. Not supposed to be, you know, like the, that's the healed feminine is like mm -hmm. being in space, I think. Um, but it was a really special space. I ran that for about a year. And then my friend Maggie took it over when I left Dallas. Um, and I miss it because we had some magic that happened in those classes. I'll do naked yoga with you anytime you want. Dude, come on. I've been trying to, I think I actually, I got a lead on a couple of places here in Austin that I think like, I think we could start it up again. And I so definitely think that that would be successful. Absolutely. I think just yeah. because like you said, it's, it's so needed. The feminine support is so needed. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it wasn't until now, maybe moving to San Diego that I've, uh, I have this beautiful group of girlfriends and I've never had such a strong network of girlfriends before. Yeah. And, you know, you know, we were in Vegas, uh, this past summer and then, you know, just like, we're all walking around naked and hanging out and having so much fun. And then like, I had to take a minute and be like, I've never done this with other women and felt comfortable, you know, like I'm okay to be naked. I love being naked. Like me and my yeah. roommate, we just like hang around here, like whatever. It's just fun. It's play. Right. And yeah. it means nothing. It's just, I'm comfortable in my body. You're comfortable in your body. I support you. I love you, blah, blah, blah. You know, but it's, it's, it's funny how that I didn't feel that when I was growing up, I didn't feel safe to do that. And, you know, along with the other reasons of, of wanting to have that support with other women, it's just, we should feel safe with one another. You know, we should be able to be able to just be with one another and feel safe. So I think what you're doing is so powerful. Like I loved that. I was just like, what? She did naked yoga. <laughs> I know it was so much fun. Like it really, like it felt so powerful too. Cause I think there's a lot of, uh, mysticism and spirituality that's lost mm -hmm. like um you know and we all we all whether it's a religious background conservative background or like even I mean our parents didn't have the tools to like really talk about this stuff right you know yeah. like if if you really think about like the generations before us we can't have any like expectation, you know? And so yeah. as we like come into these, it's like, we do have the tools though. And so we get the chance to like, you know, bring in this light of like, it's just, it's our body. Like mm -hmm. it's just our body that we're borrowing for this time that we spend on earth and like, let's love it. Right. Um, and that's a totally different conversation than like, you know, keeping your body covered up so that men don't, you know, do bad things or, you know, that kind of like fear-based, like hide, be afraid, protect yourself. Like, I think we're starting to see a transition from like fear-based language with women to an empowering based language with mm -hmm. women. And it's like, we can create our own safe spaces. Like yeah. we, we can create our little like huddles and pods. And then the more that we all individually do that, that's what changes society. And you know, I remember like the first time I experienced just being naked with other girls, like 
I was in Colorado. I went with one of my best friends at the time and um, one of her friends and we went to some hot springs and we just hung out naked all day. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, that's when I like really it clicked. Cause we had such like beautiful bonding moments because when you don't have clothes on, like everything's just there, mm-hmm. you know, this same, like, I think vulnerability is what can make sex intimidating too. Is like when we get naked, like you're seeing all of me, mm-hmm. you know, all of me, my innermost being you're seeing just by me not having my clothes on. Mm-hmm. So when we enter into that space, not only with other women, but with our partners, like that's an incredibly vulnerable space. And that's where a lot of like growth and healing and like really beautiful connection can happen to you without the lens of sex on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really powerful. I made a point, like when I taught naked yoga, like there was nothing sexy about it. Like it was a yin class. We were in a circle. So like all heads were facing in like nobody, you know, you would have to like really actively look to see another woman's body, you know? And it wasn't about sex. Like we weren't moving sensually. It was a yin class where we were like holding poses for three minutes at a time, mostly like laying on the floor. Like it was this just energy center, like a vortex mm-hmm. of just being in our primal state. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Like no expectations beyond that. And I think that's why we had such like powerful breakthroughs come through. I mean, I've had women share like how childhood sexual traumas came up and then they felt it releasing out of their body. Like it was just, it became the safe space for women to come to that. It was a, it was healing. Wow. That's beautiful. It's so powerful. Yeah. Along with fear, I think we're also conditioned to have shame around our body to be like, if I, if I, you know, thinking of school, for example, if I, I remember that there were so many, there were so many guidelines that we were not allowed to wear like spaghetti straps. Uh, um, tops. We weren't allowed to wear short shorts, like all these things. Like, I'm sorry, where are the rules for the guys? And now you're teaching me to not, to like, not be proud of myself, to not, you know, Mm -hmm. embrace my body. And it has nothing to do with sex. This is what I'm comfortable in. It's 90 degrees outside. I want to wear shorts and I want to wear this. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's beautiful that you have created that space and that you did create that space around, um, just being more connected to your body and having it to do nothing. Like you said, nothing to do with sex, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, I was thinking of a time when you were talking about, you know, our parents didn't have these tools. I had a moment when I was in Costa Rica dancing with girlfriends in the Uh rain, like Uh naked, which was one of the most liberating, freeing, like beautiful moments of my life. Um, and it was right after I had left Peru and had uh, uh, done ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. I had this in moment where I thought to myself, like, wow, this is what my mother, my grandmother, like the women in my family would have wanted to do. And this is how they were meant to be. And now I'm able to do that for them. And it felt so healing. And you know how they say the healing, you know, healing, um, ancestral healing, ancestral mm-hmm. healing, and, you know, after me as well. So super, super empowering to just be able to be safe in your body with other women and be like, yeah, this is how we're meant to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clothes were designed to keep us small sometimes, you know? So yeah. I'm always I mean, living naked. There's, there's truth to that though. I mean, mm-hmm. specifically with women's clothes, like if you look at the history of how women's clothes were like designed and produced, like back in the 1800s, 1900s, they're specifically meant to like keep women contained, yeah. like 
literally designed for that. Yeah. And if you, you know, the, and that's just the, the underpinning of the energy that goes into things like this. And I think going back to that word, like conscious living, like this is that awareness where it's like, okay, this is the system that like, we're learning how to navigate. And it's like, how do we take the system and make it to where it empowers? And how do we like leave the anger behind, leave the hurt behind? How do we enter into this place of just like love and understanding, but also sovereignty to create our own mm-hmm. paradigms? Mm-hmm. But yeah, clothing is a big, I mean, yeah, I, I go on Google like rabbit holes constantly. And so it's always really fun. Like if you, if you really go back and look at like the beginnings of a lot, like not only how clothing is made, but I mean, even all these if you look at the marriage rituals and Mm -hmm. how they like came about, like we live in a system that's meant to contain women. And, um, I was reading a book a while back that talked about that, that shift. Cause back in ancient, um, civilizations, like women were honored. They were Mm -hmm. like, they were wars were fought over them. Oh my God. Yeah. And not only that, but like the, like ancient little cultures, like it was a matriarchy. The women were in charge and the women were the healers and people went to them to get advice. And like, they were honored in their cycles. And it was this way of living that honored the feminine. And I think we're starting to move back that way. You know, we see it like we're having this conversation. I, when I taught naked yoga, I had this like really emotional, like breakdown after the first class that I taught. Cause I realized (laughs) that like, if this were any other time frame or even any other country, mm. you know, like there are a lot of countries where if someone walked in on a group of naked women doing like whatever the fuck we were doing, like guaranteed there would be stonings happening and yeah. like people would be put in jail. So like yeah. that's modern times. And so I had this like breakdown moment where I'm like, fuck, like this is it. Like yeah. this is that moment. And I felt it just like buzzing through my whole body. And it was like, this is the healing. Like this is us healing all the women that were burned at the stake. Like this is us healing the generations of women that we lost, like over a power struggle, you know? Um, and it's really, really cool. It's like, it's cool that we get to have these conversations now and that we're like expanding our conscious living in this way. Cause absolutely. 100% 100% heals any generation behind us and moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 100%. I believe that the feminine is uh, coming back and it's so necessary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of feminine, my favorite part that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, so you are starting to create, or you have created, and now are um, going to be filming these videos, mm-hmm. uh, a yoga flow that is revolving around the menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Tell me everything. I want to know I'm, it all. I'm really, ex- this has been like, I'm so excited about this. This has been such a cool, like, um, I've always wanted to do, I mean, I've always been drawn to women's work. You mm-hmm. know, I, even when I signed up for my yoga teacher training, my whole thing was like, I just want to host retreats and like workshops. And I want to show women that they can be like their own agent of change, like an empowerment. And I really viewed yoga as a tool for that. Um, and as I've been moving into my own personal healing, I started like working with more hormones. Um, I stopped taking birth control, I guess about a year and a half ago now. 
And um, it, I realized pretty quick that rebalancing the hormones is not easy. And I also learned really quickly that like, okay, I'm feeling all these different things now that I didn't used to feel like Mm -hmm. when I was on birth control, it felt pretty consistent. And then about the time where my period was supposed to be, I would like kind of feel some of the PMS symptoms would feel moody, but I wouldn't have a period for three months at a time. Like, and all of a sudden I went from that, like that very polarized state of being to then like, it's like, I could see the rainbow, right? Like Mm -hmm. now I can feel all these things and I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I just know that my body feels weird. I know that I feel weird depending on the week. And so I started one of my good friends told me about, um, it's just called my flow. It's an app and you can like track your periods and then it gives you a little like breakdowns. And the woman who created the app also wrote a really incredible book and which I've like started picking through, but, um, yeah, we're basically different people each week of the month, like yeah. completely different versions of ourselves. Yeah. And the more that I learn, the more that I really dive into this work for myself, I'm like, I want to do movement based, you know, therapies for women to be able to follow. Cause we're not built to just like go to the gym and you know, have a hardcore workout every single day. Right. There are times in the month where we're pre-programmed, like, yeah, fucking gun it. Mm-hmm. You like pedal of the metal, like go do your thing. And then there are times in the month where like, we really, if we feel called to rest, like we should honor that. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to create a program that honored that natural cycle. And I think with all that being said, like the message that goes under it is like, feel into your body and what feels right. There are times where I'm on my menstrual cycle where I have this spike in energy and it's like, wait, like I want to move, like I want to do the thing. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't even want to get out of bed. So Mm -hmm. my movement is going to be walking to a hot bath today. Um, and so there's always that, like, listen to your body, honor your body, but I want women to have a framework of like, okay, I'm menstruating. I feel like my body needs to move, but I don't necessarily feel like going to the gym or doing a power flow yoga class. Like, but I don't know what to do. I think that's kind of like, at least for me, when I got started in this work, I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. And so I'm really excited to provide a resource that women can go to. And it's through the platform of the yoga studio that I teach with, um, Black Swan Yoga. And so it, there's this whole other layer of like, just love that this idea was accepted. And like, I remember sending the email to our like CEO and it's a man and I'm like, okay, this is really niche, but here's my idea. And he like loved it. And so to get that amount of support, like across the board, like I'm really excited for this to be the platform that this is featured on. Cause I wanted to do it for a while. Um, but yeah, we've, I've filmed the menstrual cycle portion, um, and the ovulation mm-hmm. and I've got the other two coming up here in the next few weeks. It'll be like a complete series through this platform. Um, but yeah, just a mix of meditations of movement practices that just align with the energetics of each cycle. Mm. And it's been really, really fun. I'm so excited. I'm really looking forward to that because just like you, I, I just got off of birth control and yeah, that when you said tasting the rainbow, I'm like, yeah, my body is feeling things that it hasn't, I have maybe felt them. I've been on birth control since I was 20 years old. So I don't remember what my body was before that. And I don't, and I don't 
I don't consider myself as like a full grown woman when I was 20. Yeah. So, so now to really be stepping into myself and it's almost like a new body, you know, and there's things that are familiar, but there's also other sensations and feelings that I'm like, okay, this is different. What's what, what are you? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. And like discharge changes like throughout the month. And then it's like, okay, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. like Google search, you know, and it's like all these things, all these intricacies of the female body that we now have access to. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, like I have a lot of appreciation for my hormonal birth control. I think there was a time where like, I needed it. I think you and I talked about this, like last time, it's like, you know, I enter into these conversations (laughs) and it's like, still like gratitude, still in the heart. Like I'm thankful that, you know, I was able to, um, you know, step into that space. Cause it offered like a little bit of healing for me. I'm also very, very grateful to now be like really tapped into my body and have, I feel like heading into like full embodiment of, you know, who I am and who I'm meant to be. And part of that, I think a big part of that for women is uh, hormonal regulation and like mm. really acting within our cycles. Cause we're so, uh, I started doing this course and she went through like the different cycles and uh, how it aligns with the earth cycles and the seasons, like women are built to be like tapped into the natural cycles of this earth. That's Mm -hmm. why we have so many women healers. That's why like, it's got that, you know, when you think of the feminine, you think of the nurturing, the unconditional love, like, of course we have the fierceness and the rawness and the emotion, but that's where that like nurturing comes from, like mother earth, like that's Mm -hmm. like the feminine And so when we're able to be really one with our hormonal cycles, we're one with the earth. And when we're one with the earth, we're also connected with all the inhabitants of the earth. And so that's, I think, as you step into that space, that's when our full power is able to really open up and bloom and blossom and know what it needs to be or what it's designed to be. Um, and so it's been a really fun process of like discovering that, but yeah, it's, it's a lot to learn. Yeah. It sounds so exciting and it's so needed. It's so needed. Yeah. I'm speaking from me, I need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. And it's been, it's been a really fun project and, um, just like being creative with it too. Like for ovulation, I was, I thought of the study that I shared with you about how, um, which I need to actually go back and look up what study it was, but how they studied the women that were ovulating and like hips were like moved in circular patterns, like, Mm -hmm. you know, certain percentage more. And so like, when I put together the ovulation flow, like we've got some like hip circles going Mm -hmm. on, we've got some like hip thrusting going on. Like we're really tapping into that, like sexual, sensual, like when we're ovulating, like our bodies are like, yeah, bitch, let's mate. Like, (laughs) let's go. Let's make a baby. (laughs) Let's make a baby. And so all those things that like we see in nature that like, you know, what the female like bird does to call in like a Mm -hmm. mate, like that's what our bodies are like naturally doing. So it was really fun to put together a yoga flow where it's like, we're tapping into this. Like we're slapping on the floor and rubbing our bodies (laughs) and like circling our hips around. And like, to be able to do that with yoga is really cool. And it's been really, really fun. I love that. Can't wait. How has, uh, how has yoga speaking of sexuality? Yeah. (laughs) How has yoga, I guess, um, influenced your sex life? Uh, open to sharing. (laughs) Yeah. I I'm pretty much an open book at this point, but I, I think yoga, my, I'm stepping into this role 
where I really do want to coach women and probably men like through sexuality and self-intimacy and those spaces, like I've opened it up, like calling it in because I feel like really good in this space. But I think, uh, my paradigm within this is like what leads to like a good or fulfilling sex life is feeling good and fulfilled in your own body first. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of like answering that question, like how yoga plays into my sex life, like that's where I feel it first and foremost is that yoga has been a tool for me to feel just really comfortable on my own body. And like, I remember, um, you know, Nikki Graves, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we were, I ran in, she was in Austin a while back and I walked up to her and she just goes, wow. Like in the, you know, Nikki Graves way that she does just mystified by everything <laughs> because you are in your body. Mm. And I was just kind of like looking at her. She goes, you were, I mean, even the, all the way through your toes, you were in your body. Mm. And that was such like a validating compliment for me. Cause I had so many years, I mean, so much time where I wanted nothing to do with my body. Like mm. I just, the thought of my own body brought up like memories from the sexual assault and like memories from things that made me feel very uncomfortable in my body. And, um, so to receive a comment like that, it was just like absolute gratitude in that moment. Cause I do feel it. And I think yoga has been like the biggest thing, you know, when you're connecting your breath to your body, to your movements, like I am hyper aware of every single movement that my body makes like constantly because mm -hmm. I feel it. And I also feel when things aren't aligned and I feel when, you know, my nutrition needs to change. Like I'm very tuned in with my body and yoga has been an amazing ally in that. And so when I think about like, of course, when you have a developed yoga practice, like you're more flexible, you have strong muscles <laughs> in the weird spots that you, you know, you don't normally have strong muscles. Like we yeah. can talk about Kegels for days, you know, like, <laughs> um, there are like physical benefits to a yoga practice that lead to like really amazing orgasms and like mm -hmm. really amazing, like heightened sensation, like during sex. And, um, but I think it starts at the foundation of just being in your body and mm -hmm. like feeling really safe in your body so that you can invite someone else into that space. Like, and if you really think about it, when we have sex with someone that is the closest you could possibly be to another human. That is the most like vulnerable, like literally someone is inside you, you know, mm -hmm. even if it's not heterosexual sex, like there's still like this intimate connection where you're letting someone in to like the portal where life is created, you know, yeah. like that is so intimate and so yeah. vulnerable. And so we have to be at least how I would like to embody you know, my sexual experiences is being like fully embodied in myself, feeling really, really safe. So then I'm just inviting a partner in or even like for self-pleasure so that I can invite my own self in to explore my body. But that starts with creating a really safe space, like here, like in the heart and connecting the heart and the yoni and like all these practices that just make us safe in the body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yoga, like breath work's a big part of that. Um, I mean, 
I could go on about like orgasms forever, <laughs> but like, if you think about like the, the mechanism of the orgasm and how you can like really heighten the sensation just through how you breathe, mm. or how you hold your body or where you tense, where you let go. Like I geek out over this stuff, but <laughs> yoga was definitely like a good foundation for that. Cause it starts with just being aware of your body and being aware yeah. of what's going on. And, yeah. um, I actually, I got this, which I need to pitch it. I don't know if they'll let me do this one. Cause it's a little like out there, but I want to do like yoga for better orgasms. Like, yeah. I mean, like when you <laughs> think about like certain poses where we're like really, um, focusing on the pelvic floor or like those types of cues, the pelvic floor and the core are really important and like sustaining and heightening an orgasm and that sensation that comes with it. And so there's so much there, like there's mm-hmm. definitely like, you could probably have an exercise regimen for an orgasm and like would have a lot of fun doing it. Um, but it, it's a lot of fun, but like yeah. yoga is definitely like a good baseline, a good foundation for just getting in your body and like, just being aware of what's going on. Yeah. I don't think you're going to have a tough time selling that orgasm class. <laughs> I feel like you'll have, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how much leeway they'll give me. You know, it's like, it's funny, which I think, um, this is also, it's really cool to be on someone else's platform, right? Like this is a platform that's allowing me to show like the magic that I do. And it's a platform that I don't currently have, um, for like built for myself, where I just have access to a ton of viewers. Um, and it's also showing me like, cause I, I run a women's group as well that feeds into like our retreat work that we do. And, um, it's, like really fires me up to build that platform up so that it really can be a space of like the weirder, the better, like we're getting like into the nitty gritties, we're getting into the dirty stuff. Like we're gonna have fun with it. And, um, but yeah, we'll see if they let me do. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that yes, they will. (laughs) I feel like it'd be really fun. It'd be pretty sensational. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so important. Again, it's so needed because once again, I am learning so much about my body now that mm. me, like you said, having a self-pleasure practice, it still feels awkward to me. It still feels uncomfortable to me. And it's just like, shit, so many times I've abandoned my own body that now I need to learn how to feel safe in my own body. And it, yeah. it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And it's just learning to even just enjoy myself, touch myself without the, um, expectation of like having an orgasm, just being yeah. here, just learn to be with yourself you know, cause just like that, I, in order for me to have good sex, I have to be able, like you said, I have to be comfortable with myself first. hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. I do need to get back into yoga. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kat is interested in sex yoga. No, I think that's great. I think that's great. And you know, it's funny. I've been working through the chakras the past few months. And when I went through the sacral chakra, that was a big part of my embodiment practice like when I was really diving into sacral chakra energetics and what I would do every single night is I would meditate and pray and I would hold left hand to heart, right hand to Yoni. And I would ask my body. Cause I would, I have this whole thing where I would just like love on myself and rub on myself and I'd be naked. And I would just like either massage myself or I just love like the feeling of hands on my skin. And so I would just show my body that love and it would reach a point where I'm like, Hmm, this can lead to sex. And so it would just be that like checking in with the body, like, 
like Yoni, are you, are you okay with this? You know, like, is, are we chill to move forward? And there would be some times where I'd feel in my body, like, no, like, I just want to be held. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would do. I would just like keep stroking myself and like, get myself really nice and cuddly and warm and like, just hold myself. And then there would be times where I'd be like, yeah, bitch, go, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's, and on. Those, it's on. And those were like very fun, like self-pleasure sessions. But I think it's that navigation of like, and it's that same conversation, like without the expectation of sex, like, can I connect with this person without the expectation of sex? Like, can mm-hmm. I connect with this moment without the expectation of like orgasmic pleasure? Can we move to a space where we're just living in pleasure? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's an, or can everything be orgasmic? I don't know. Like if I smell like certain fresh ground, like coffee, it's a <laughs> weird thing. I don't know if you've thought about this before, like the things that turn you on or make you feel like you're climaxing that have nothing yep. to do with sex. Yeah. I love that shit. Cause I love being in that state of just like heightened sensations. I'm so excited about life and I'm so excited about creating in this life mm. that I, my body feels sexually turned on. Like that's how we should be living. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And the cool part about being a woman is we don't have a dick that like, like, (laughs) you know, like we just were able to live in this like sensual, like blissed out state. We just have to like make that choice in our own bodies to like, this is homeostasis now. Like we're turned on all the time right? and it's fun and it's good. Yeah. Ooh, love it. Mm, Thank you so much. All right. So (laughs) usually I always ask. Everything's orgasmic. Yeah. As it should be. Let's get back to orgasm life. Um, so usually I ask this question, um, you know, if you could go back in time and talk to you know, a younger version of yourself, what would you say? What's the advice you would give? But I'm feeling like I, I thought this other question the other day and I was like, I like this question a lot better. Um, so what does sexual freedom mean to you? Ooh. Mm. Mm. Since we're talking about orgasms. <laughs> yeah. I think what sexual freedom feels like to me, like what it means to me is just an authentic expression, Mm. an authentic expression of my truth and being like, if I think of being truly sexual, sexually like free and feeling freedom within that space, it's freedom to just be in my truth and doesn't matter how like wild and crazy it is or how soft and gentle that is like whatever that truth is I feel free to be in that truth Mm. yeah beautiful I love it that's a good question I'm gonna like write that down and like think more about it too like that's fantastic yeah I was just thinking about it the other day because I I heard the terminology and I was like huh what does that mean to me yeah. You know, what does that mean to me? And yeah, I, I, I just was curious to hear what other people think about it. Yeah. It's, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, just on the subject of sovereignty, that's what it is. It's just creating your own standards by what you want yours and your sexuality to be and not 100%. by anyone else's standards. Yeah. And it starts, you know, this is something that was actually new for me to learn. Like I, we talked about it in my yoga teacher training, the difference between sensuality and sexuality and how, sensuality is our like relationship with self and sexuality is like the relationship with other. Mm. And what I discovered through that, like analyzing that is that my sexuality, like was actually 
really strong and it always has been, I've always been like able to connect pretty easily there. Like probably a trauma response, you know, (laughs) but like, there it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but my sensuality practice, like that's when it really came to light. Like, so that would have been a couple of years ago is when I really started diving into this, like sensuality work of like, like showing that same sexual energy to myself and within Mm -hmm. myself and like developing that side of it. And so like, even with the sexually free, it's like, are you also sensually free? Like, are we creating that environment for ourselves first so that when we bring like partners or whatever into that space that we're allowed to just be mirrored back? Cause that's, I mean, it's all it is, you know, everybody's a mirror. Um, and so it's kind of cool to like being in this relationship that I'm in now, like sex is great, <laughs> very sexually free, like in this relationship. And I love it. what I'll, I have these moments where I just have so much gratitude. And I just realize that like, that wouldn't be mirrored back to me if I haven't created that in myself first, mm. you know? And so it's, it, it always comes back to this comes back to the heart, like the way that I see things It's like, where can we be here? so that I can like bring someone Mm. into that space. Mm. And that's like been a really cool, it's fairly new to operate within that space. And it's been really, really beautiful. Mm, So beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Mm. Yeah, of course. So where can everybody find you so we can find these yoga classes? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my Instagram is just my first name and last name. So Kristen Mm -hmm. Um, I'm usually good. Like as I get updates, I'm usually good about posting stuff there. Um, as far as the yoga classes, that's all run through a platform through black swan yoga and it's just bsy.tv. Mm-hmm. Um, and those videos I think will be up here in the next couple of weeks, at least the ones that we've filmed so far. So, and then we're going to, um, vote for a orgasm yoga class to be created. 100%. 100%. I've like already been thinking about like what movements I would want to do in a class like that. And I feel like it'd be so much fun. A lot of fun, a lot of hip movements, which I'm so all about. I'm oh, Latin, yeah. So, you know, we like to move a lot on. of Kegels too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. I'm so grateful that you came on and spoke to me about everything and um, your willingness to share everything. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And you're doing such beautiful work and I can't wait. I'll be in Austin, but I think you're going to be in Peru soon. So we'll just be Uh-oh. missing each other. Yeah. Yeah. The stars will align. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love you, girl. I love you. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. You too. Bye.